this episode. And that was when I was in the Air Force in, uh, in Western Australia. And really, it talks the importance of, of listening. Crashed shortly before landing uh, a design fault. Let's get the yeah. plane going again, relight. You're pushing the wrong button, mate. They have their finger on the transmit button all the time and they're not getting any messages that help them avert disaster. Don't ever catch me saying <laughs> low, low and slow. That would be a dead, dead giveaway. How, how does a pilot know that it's, you know, you have no more time before you hit the eject button? Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Now, Mr. Schenk, I believe you have a story for us. We might just jump straight into it. What have you got? Yeah, well, we, we talked about this one uh, on our golf weekend just recently and uh, thought it might be a useful one to add into the podcast. And so this occurred, this event occurred back in uh, 1988. And that was when I was in the Air Force in, uh, in Western Australia. And really it talks the importance of, of listening. So it was, uh, as I say, April 1988 and uh, a Mackie jet trainer, a single engine jet training, crashed shortly before landing at RAF Base Pierce. Um, and so I was part of the, uh, I took a team out to recover the aircraft, which was completely destroyed. Um, and the pilot ejected safely, by the way, pilot was uh, only very minor injuries. And, and the aircraft had just gone straight down into the ground and there was kind of a little crater. And um, uh, in fact, I've got a little photo of, uh, of some of the, you know, me standing with some of the wreckage that we can put in the show notes. Yeah. Anyway, so as I was uh, working with the team to recover the aircraft, the crash investigator and I were talking and he, he just, he described a, a design fault that had led to the accident. So what on the control column, that the, the pilot's control column of the Mackie jet trainer, there is a, a, a relight button. Now, the relight button is really important because if a jet engine experiences a flame out, you know, it stops working, you need to relight it. And really, so- Really, they call it a relight button? Just seems yep. rather yep. basic. <clears throat> Let's get the yeah. flame going again, relight. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So exactly, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> so, and it, so it's because the flame goes out and you relight it. You know, yeah. That's, Perfect sense. Um, so what had happened was that the pilot was approached, was on short finals. So he was low and slow, didn't have much room for uh, uh, anything to go wrong. And he had a flame out and he was pressing the relight button. Or so he thought. Because in his panic, the design, flop, the design fault kicked in. Right, right next to the relight button is the transmit button for the radio. And so he had his finger on the transmit button, not the relight button. And he's trying to relight the engine with pressing the wrong button. And he's yelling and he's going, excuse my French, <laughs> but he's going, light you fucker, light you fucker. And the air traffic controllers could hear everything that was going on. And they're, they're, they're screaming, get your finger off the transmit button. Get your, but of course, he couldn't hear them because he was transmitting. Yeah. And so he didn't get their messages saying, you're pushing the wrong button, mate. Anyway, he ejects, the aircraft is lost, all for the want of this guy taking his finger off the transmit button and being able to receive information. And for me, that's a great example of what some leaders do. 
they have their finger on the transmit button all the time and they're not getting any messages that help them avert disaster. <laughs> it's a nice analogy, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's sort of in that category of uh, <clears throat> that I, I have in my story bank, which I tag as story analogies. And yeah, that's, that's one of those classics where you tell the story, but it's actually an analogy for something else. You know, mm. in this case, communication generally. Um, yeah. But you could also tell it as a straight design fault type story, couldn't you? Right? Exactly. You know, when the user's under pressure, thing you've got to make sure that it's easy to use. That's when it needs to be. That's when you need to have uh, the, the transmit button and the reload button very clearly marked. And do you know whether they ever updated that uh, aircraft? To oh, that aircraft trans- was really old. It was really that that aircraft was built was designed and built in the six uh, designed in the sixties and built in I think the the, the mid seventies, and right. uh, uh, we got really? you know, it was phased out of service very soon. It was on its way out of service, replaced by the um, um, what was it? Uh, uh, goodness, I can't even remember the Pilatus PC nine. That's right. So, right. Um, did you see the the aircraft go down on that day? No, no. You no. weren't there. No, no. All I got to see was the the hole in the ground with the wreckage everywhere. Right, right. Okay. All right. Let's let's talk about what we liked about this story. Right. Um, I mean, we know that any story that's got to do with anything that related to death or potential death is something that we lean into. So. So it's got definitely has one of those, and it's it's a simple story, right? Pushing the wrong button. I think that always, uh, you know, we always love simple stories. I think you know, it's a bit like that adage, you know, you want to make it as simple as possible, but no simpler. You know, I think I don't know who said that, but um, it's it's one of those adages that you probably apply to storytelling as much as anything else. Um, yeah. What about you? What do you think? What what do you like about the story? Well, I, I I like that it makes like there's a the, the point like it just really pops, right? Yeah, you know, back there you're on the transmit button. You're <laughs> on the transmit button, yeah, and you can't hear anything because you're too busy transmitting. So I, I like it. It kind of pops for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like that. You know, look, I've probably told a ten minute version of that story over beers. Um, right, right. But so that was that was probably a one minute version. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think one of the reasons it does pop is it uses a phrase that we kind of know, you know, this idea of, you know, the transmit button. I I don't know, is that a phrase that we know? It seems familiar to me anyway, you know, as a a term in some ways. Yeah, I think think that the the term transmission is a a common one because, you know, and and I, I use like radio transmission as a metaphor for, the mistake that we make with organizational communication, right? We transmit our stuff and we call it communication, but it's not, right? It's, you're just transmitting a message. You're not testing if it's been received or if people understand it or anything. It's just a transmission. So um, I think that concept of, of, of transmission is pretty familiar to people. So potentially yeah. quite relevant. I also like the fact that you can tell it with a lot of, um, you know, sort of Air Force jargon. flame outs and you know it was low and slow and there was a few you know like things that you can understand but they're clearly in the vernacular of someone who understands aircraft right so it sort of has that 
I don't know, a little bit of credibility, I, I, I guess, in terms of, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. Don't ever catch me saying <laughs> low, low and slow. That would be a dead, dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that many of my pilot friends would uh, would would take issue with uh, some of the details that uh, that I use. But as a humble logistician, that was close enough for me. That was good enough. Good. Yeah. Um, what about how we make this story even better? Is there anything from your 10 minute versions at the pub? But is there things that you know really uh, works in in recounting that story? Well, uh, you know the pilots version yeah how he's absolutely panicking and and scared yeah yeah of course how ter- how terrified he was in that moment and and how like time just seemed to you know like that moment seemed to freeze and uh he and he only had seconds this you know they had no maneuvering time no height to maneuver with no speed to maneuver with so it was all over very very quickly how how does a pilot know that it's you know, you have no more time before you hit the eject button. Is there, oh, a, uh, right, is there because, a light that comes yeah. on or something? Uh, so, so a, a number of things. So, uh, you know, all all aircraft have stall warnings, and so uh, it's when an aircraft runs out of airspeed, when it's when it's mass gravity, you know, it doesn't have enough airspeed, enough lift to uh, to maintain lift. Yeah, it's called, and, and you have a stall warning and it's, it's you know, yeah, and, and it is unmistakable. It's like a fire alarm. Whoop, whoop. Uh, in fact, I, I take that back. I'm not saying it was whoop, whoop. It could have been anything. Right? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you have a stall warning. But okay. yeah, so you know that's when you, you know that when you are low and slow, you have, you've got nothing to work with. When you're high and fast, well, you've got speed and height that you can use to maneuver. Right? You don't you don't need power, but when you run out of power, you know when the engine goes out, um, when the engine flames out, when you're low and slow, you're, you're in trouble. I think when you say high and fast, you should actually say when you're high and fly. <laughs> it's just so that we get the right you know cool language there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, pretty sure that's not what the pilots call it, but yeah, probably. Hang on, I'm I'm prepared to go with it. Um, um, so yeah, there's a couple of things that I that I, that I like about it. You can yeah. add more details in. Yeah. Now I, I do think about whether revealing the design flaw early changes. You know whether I could increase the uh, the impact, the surprise uh, later. I agree. Yeah, I think so. And you know you could you could paint the picture of this aircraft. You know just zooming into the air force base not zooming in fast enough um and, and paint the picture of you know because I, I, I don't really i've seen the photo so i have a bit of an idea of what this aircraft looked like you said it was a single engine training but you know maybe you need to paint more of a picture around uh, what this thing looks like and well it looks like it shouldn't fly right right like a- italian italian design it's kind of doesn't you know it's not a particularly attractive looking aircraft um yeah but yeah you're right i could have helped the the listener picture the aircraft and the approach a little bit and also you talked about the control what was it the control control column the control column so that's a language okay so that's the stick right so is this button on the stick yep right see i for some reason had it over on the dashboard and ah, right, okay. and and yep, 
So I was thinking, how do you do that? Can you control it with your left hand while you're pressing the, you know, so there was, a, I was sort of going through that little mental gymnastics thinking, yeah, it isn't a very good design, is it? <laughs> but it's on the, it's actually on the joystick. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what about, uh, what about ways that, that uh, we could make that story or other ways we could make that story better? Mm. Well, yeah, I think anything to make it visual, anything to give us a bit of a surprise, like holding back the surprise of, you know, he's, he's, he's pressing the button, he's, he's relighting the button. Maybe if you just held off on that, you know, he's, he's hitting the relight button, he's hitting the relight button. And then we somehow, and we find out later, no, it was just a full transmit. Um, and it, I guess that's, they're the, probably the two main things I sort of spring to mind. I think in terms of, uh, is there anything else for you? Because I'm just thinking we should jump into No, the... I think that you know, it's a pretty good telling. You could do it many different ways. It's got versatility. You could also mention how you saw the wreckage, you know, the day after or whatever it might have been. Um, because as you described it to me, it's an image that stuck in my mind. And that is, you know, it was this sort of mini crater with the tail sort of sticking out of, at the top. And I, was it a red aircraft? Is that, am I right in thinking that? Orange and white. Orange and white. So, you know, this orange and white aircraft tail sort of sticking out of a, you know, substantial, you know, 10 metre crater. Yeah. And of course, yeah. And of course, I've got that picture so clearly in my mind. We were driving through low, scrubby uh, ground. The ground was, uh, sand it's basically a, a, a very sandy area yeah. and so um the you know the aircraft had had gone in uh, vertically and just the 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 uh the wreckage was really really compact it wasn't spread over a wide area at all and the, and, and there was the, the crater was probably not not 10 meters it's probably like six or eight meters uh, across um yeah yeah, right. But still a substantial thing. But deep, man, it was quite a, like I was amazed at how far into the ground that engine went. Right. It was, uh, it was, it was some force uh, oh, associated yeah. with this yeah. landing. Yeah. 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 You look kind of look at the crater and go, oh, yeah, that'll be a couple of meters in. Uh, it, it took us the best part of a day to dig it out. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, it was many meters underground. <laughs> many meters. Um, what about using this story? What do you think? I mean, you've sort of already well, made your favourite yeah. use of it. Yeah. I think there's a design yeah. use of this story. Yeah. I think they're probably the only two I can think of straight off, off the top of my head. Yeah. No, I've, I've told that story uh, a few times and they're the only points that, well, sorry, the stop transmitting and start listening is kind of the main business point that I, that I use it for. Yeah. Nice it was also interesting in the context of the conversation that we had on the on last weekend that's right you, yeah that was if you remember i yeah. i was saying i was talking about my transmission theory and leaders spend too much time transmitting and not enough time communicating and and you went no no i don't agree with that and uh well i i couldn't and, work out the difference between transmission and communication it sounded to me like communication yeah i didn't know what you meant by communication versus transmission right and then i told that story and you went oh got it yeah it was like immediate understanding once you told me this. Yeah. Story. And of course, it's kind of funny. One of the key story guys, you think, 
So we would have started there, but we don't. Sometimes you, you fall into the same habits as everyone else. Yeah, yeah, we are conditioned to default to assertion and statement just like everybody else. And uh, I guess, you know, we just kind of work a bit harder at, uh, at overcoming it. But at least I did have a story that I could use to illustrate my perspective. My yeah, opinion. it was a cracker. It was a cracker. Yeah. And it's a, just a great lesson for our listeners. And it's why we have this podcast. It's like if you're trying to change someone's mind or get a point across, then a story is an incredibly powerful thing to do. And so just uh, put these stories in your story bank and find ways to use them. And you'll probably be surprised at how effective it is. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Let's give it a rating. Um, for me, I think this is um, every, every story I, I want to rate a seven, but I'm thinking, no, no, I don't think they'll give this a seven. I'm going to give this an eight. The oh. only thing, the only hesitation I have is I don't have in my head. I'd have to learn the jargon, not the jargon, but the, you know, the, the you know, for it the to technical be a, terms. Yeah, a half decent story. I'd have to know some of the technical terms, you know, like the type of aircraft and and the remember, you know, the the RAF base that was going into. Because anyway, you know, my version at the moment would be, so there was this aircraft that was flying into a a, a RAF base in Western Australia. You know, like that. That's the level I would have to tell it. Um, so a few more details would make that a, a better story for me. But I'll say an eight. What are you giving here? Yep. I'm giving this one a nine. Really? You're going to go all the way to nine? I'm going to go to nine. I don't, I, yeah. I, you know, and one of the reasons is because of your reaction when I told it. Right. And you just went, oh, got it. Yeah, that's right. right. Normally the, I argue for much longer. <laughs> <laughs> You do indeed. I, I consider that a signal victory. I put that in my story bank. The That's time right. I changed Sean's mind. <laughs> okay. Well done. That's a good story. Thanks, Mark. And uh, yeah, and thanks everyone for listening in to, you know, anecdotally speaking. We really appreciate it. And of course, if you tune in next week, we'll have another story for you on how to put your stories to work. So bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.